Welcome to Fierce Fit Feminine and Other F-Words. I'm Christine Brunelli, and I help women unstuck themselves. What's your EQ? Have you ever been asked that question? (laughs) That is your emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence has so much to do with how well you communicate and relate to others and how well you communicate and relate and perform in the workplace. It goes hand in hand with soft skills. And those are two things that you can use to elevate your training in whatever it is you do to make you outshine and outpace your competition. But can you learn emotional intelligence? Can you improve it if you don't have it? Do you have it? What is it? Well, this is something I want to unpack today because as an employer, it is something I look for. So are you ready? Let's get started. Nobody wants to have a low emotional intelligence. Nobody wants to be labeled as having a low anything, like a low IQ or anything like that. So before we get into this, I want to just put a disclaimer out there. This is not for you to hear everything I'm going to share and go, whoa, I married that. (laughs) Or... I feel really bad about myself all of a sudden. This is all about you taking this information and improving yourself wherever you notice there might be a weakness. And maybe you'll pick up something about a coworker or a marriage partner or someone you're in a relationship with. And it doesn't mean you go blast into them and go, you have a low EQ. I want to remind you that that doesn't help anyone. And by doing that, you would be demonstrating low emotional intelligence. (laughs) So with that disclaimer said, let me just go into what this is. So emotional intelligence, also called the emotional quotient, is according to Wikipedia, most often defined as the ability to perceive, use, understand, manage, and handle emotions. People with high emotional intelligence can recognize their own emotions and those of others. They use that information to guide thinking and behavior. They discern between different feelings and label them appropriately. And Wikipedia has run on sentences because I'm still reading it. So I want to give credit to Wikipedia, who overwrote this, didn't use any punctuation. But it gives you a good idea of what emotional intelligence is. And it's not something new. This was talked about way back in the 1950s. So it's not some trendy new buzzword. It's not that. This actually has studies behind it and research behind it. And interestingly, in the research, they found that people with high emotional intelligence have better mental health, better job performance, demonstrate leadership skills, and also have better relationships. So there is something to this. There's also suggestions in the research that say the higher the emotional intelligence, the possibility for a higher IQ. Now that came out, and you, if you really like research, you can dig into it. There was some conflict in there. Some people didn't agree with that. So there were multiple studies done to say, well, if somebody has a high IQ, they're not necessarily the warmest person in the room. <laughs> and they've done studies to discuss that. But in general, the person with the high EQ is someone that can read a room, is fully aware of everything that's going on, almost like an empath, but they don't necessarily feel all of the emotions like an empath. They are just hyper aware of what is going on in in the temperature of a room as far as all of the personalities and all of the conversations and all of the energy and all of that. And they know how to manage it. 
They have a gift in being able to feel emotion from others. And the reason they have that gift is because they know their own. You can't understand other emotions until you're dialed into your own emotions. So if you're someone who is like, I don't like to feel, don't let me feel, I don't want to feel, I'll feel happy, but don't let me to be too happy because I'm like not going to geek out like that. And I don't want to feel sad because I hate to cry. And I just, I just want to be here, even keel straight line. Okay. You bury it all. You don't want to feel anything. You only watch certain movies because you just, you just want to be there. Maybe you watch the same type of show that you've seen a hundred times over and over again, because you know what to expect and you don't want it to throw you, right? You don't want to feel any new emotions. You just want to be here. I'm, I'm putting my hands in a flat line in case you can't see. <laughs> Someday I'm going to put this podcast on YouTube. Okay, so that gives you a little idea of what emotional intelligence is all about. So let me give you nine signs of low emotional intelligence. Low emotional intelligence refers to the inability to accurately perceive emotions in both yourself and others and to use that information to guide your thinking and action. If somebody has a low EQ, it can show up in a whole bunch of different ways. One way is they always have to be right. You probably know someone who seems to always get in arguments with other people. They can be friends, family, coworkers, it doesn't matter, but somebody with a low EQ will often argue a point to death and won't listen. They know they're right. They are right. Everyone's wrong. They have to win at all costs. It almost sounds like a narcissist, but that's actually a pathological you know, diagnosis. So we're not saying that, but it does have that tendency, right? They always have to be right. Why is this part of the emotional quotient? Well, think about this in the workplace. If you have someone that is always right and never wrong, they will argue until the death to make sure they're right. Are they coachable? Are they willing to take one for the team? Efficiency on a job with someone like that is not great. A relationship with someone like that is not great. The other person will finally either they'll fight right back, but they're always fighting or they'll wither up and give up because they just don't want to argue with this person who's going to argue them to the ground anyway. No one wants to be around someone like that. That is why it's one of the signs of low EQ. Okay, on to the next one. They behave insensitively and they don't care or they're insensitive toward others' feelings. Those go hand in hand. Those are actually two different categories, but they kind of go together. People with a low EQ don't know what to say. They're the ones that will say something completely inappropriate at the wrong time. For example, maybe at a funeral, maybe at a very sensitive, during a sensitive political topic, you know, anything that is going to make other people feel uncomfortable and it's going to be off-putting. But because they're not dialed in to how they make other people feel and they don't necessarily care how they make other people feel, they're going to say it. They're oblivious to the feelings. These people also are so oblivious that you might be mad at them and they have no idea why. They're like clueless in another, in another world, right? So it is because they are not tuned into themselves that they can't tune into others. So those two kind of go hand in hand. But here's another one. They blame others for their problems. They're always the victim. People with a low EQ 
have little insight into how their emotions might lead to problems. They don't understand that their emotions cause them to behave in a certain way that has consequences. And then whatever the consequences are, they'll blame the other person. They'll blame someone else. They'll blame the establishment. They'll blame the boss. They'll blame the the girlfriend. They'll blame the boyfriend instead of realizing actually how you handled that is what brought that to you. (laughs) They can't see it because they're not dialed in, right? They have low EQ. They really can't see it. So this helps me roll right into the next sign of someone with low EQ, and that's that they have emotional outbursts. It kind of seems like it goes hand in hand with everything I've said already, right? They say things that are insensitive. Uh, They don't have an ability to understand that they've hurt people's feelings and they're insensitive to the idea that they hurt someone's feelings, but they also are not able to self-regulate. So they have emotional outbursts. You've been around someone like this. I'm sure you have. Maybe it's you. Maybe you have emotional outbursts and I'm not talking about, you know, the every now and then bad day. I just, I'm going to snap because I'll tell you as a mom, I know I had those when my kids were little, (laughs) you know, I had no sleep and they're bickering in the back seat and you just are like, stop. That's not it. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about someone who has chronic patterns of emotional outbursts and it's just exhausting to be around them. They cannot self-regulate. They can't control their emotions. And they also, of course, goes hand in hand with that, have poor coping skills. They don't have the ability to cope with any emotions that they feel because they typically don't want to feel any emotions because they don't know how. They don't recognize their own emotions as something that are that might be natural and they feel uncomfortable about it. So they stuff it, they stuff it, they stuff it. And stuffing, it doesn't help. And I used to be one of those. I used to stuff my emotions big time because I wanted to just soldier on and be strong. Well, my girl, if that's you, someday you're going to crack. And someday you're going to go, I can't do this anymore. And you've seen those movies, right? Where somebody is just stuffing and stuffing and stuffing and they're just biting their tongue and they're not speaking their truth and all of that. That's them not coping. Learning coping skills is so much healthier and a sign of a higher emotional intelligence. The final sign of someone with low EQ is that they always turn the conversation back toward them. Boy, the more I think about these, they do sound like a narcissist. And I have some episodes where we interviewed, uh, actually, I think there are a couple, two episodes for sure. One that divorced a narcissist. Uh, She was married to a narcissist and I'm backtracking here, but just in case you ever would be interested. And then another woman who was in the church married to a pastor who was a pathological narcissist. And as I'm reading my outline to share with you today, I am looking at the low emotional quotient or low emotional intelligence and going, this really sounds like narcissism. And I did not do any kind of a study or a cross study, but you know, I wonder a narcissist we know, and I'm on a bunny trail right now, I'm going off topic, but they have such low self-esteem that it makes sense that they they would follow the pattern of a low EQ 
but they're so charismatic that everyone believes they have a high EQ. They are not. They're dialed into no one except themselves. So that sounds a lot like this, right? Anyway, if you are interested in narcissism and being married to a narcissist or in a relationship with one, go back, look at my previous episodes and find those two with narcissistic marriages. Very, very interesting. Uh, Okay. But back to the low emotional quotient person who turns conversations to themselves, they tend to dominate conversations. Even if they're the ones asking questions and they act like they're listening, they always find a way to shift it back to them. And they usually have to prove a point of whatever it is they have you explaining. And then they come back and say, we'll see. (laughs) And they make it all about them. And they've always had it worse than you. They've always one-upped you in something. Yep. I'm starting to think this is a narcissist, but okay. We're just, I'm, I'm diverting. I'm riffing here as I go, but doesn't it sound like that to you? Are you going, yep, yep, yep. That's a narcissist. So no matter what you say to someone with low EQ, who has a hard time not making a conversation be about them, whatever you say, they've been there. They've done that. They've done it better. They understand. Um, I've done this for so long. You don't get it. I get it. I know better. That's what we're talking about. So what is the point of trying to bring all of this up? Well, can you cultivate emotional intelligence? Maybe you identified with one of these things I just listed off. Maybe you have poor coping skills. Maybe you are the one that is insensitive and you blurt things out in awkward moments where you're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Actually, Maybe you do it and somebody else tells you, you know, you probably shouldn't have said that. Someone with a low EQ wouldn't realize they shouldn't have said that. So if you do that, if you're having weird outbursts in inappropriate times and you recognize that in yourself, you have higher EQ than you think. But if you say something that's awkward at awkward times and someone has to come to you and say, hey, that was inappropriate and you didn't think so. You might need to work on elevating your EQ in that area. And yes, you can cultivate emotional intelligence. And that's great news because that means that, you know, unlike IQ, we're technically supposedly born with it and we can study and we can bring it up by a couple points, but it's a natural intelligence. It is natural to have a high emotional intelligence. But it doesn't mean you can't learn and improve your EQ at what it is. And you don't have to go get tested and have some score and a number and have a demeaning experience about it. You just have to recognize in these signs of low EQ where you struggle. Are you having trouble in your work relationships? Are you having trouble in your familial and romantic relationships? That could be a sign that you're struggling with your emotional intelligence. Maybe if there's a pattern between relationships in home, work, and romance, I would say start to take a look inward and go, okay, where am I seeing a pattern in my behavior? Am I not dialed in to how I make other people feel? Do I jump in the conversation and always make it about me? Uh, Do I have outbursts? Am I able to cope? Do I cope? Or do I shove things down? Am I oblivious? The best way to figure out if you are someone with a low EQ, this is going to be awkward. Ask someone close to you how it feels for them to interact with you and let them be truthful. Let them be truthful and accept what they say. It is one of the best but most 
uncomfortable conversations you could ever have with someone. I did, uh, I ran a staff meeting with uh, about eight people, a small team of eight people, and I wanted them to really understand each other. They all worked together, but at the same time, some people were like jumping into conversations that they weren't invited in and it would kind of irritate one person on the team, but it didn't irritate another person. And it was kind of causing a little disturbance, not bad, but enough that I, I felt, okay, we need to have this conversation. So I facilitated a meeting and I had each one say next to, to each coworker, let me just use names like Lisa and Susie. I had Lisa ask Susie, how does it feel to work with me when? And she would be honest and it was not easy, but I forced it to be a safe space. I said, this has to be safe. And how does it feel when I do this? How does it feel to be my friend? How does it feel to be my boyfriend, my girlfriend? How does it feel uh, to be my uh, employee? That's all tough question, right? You're supposed to be above everyone if you're an employer, right? Yes and no. You're a leader. You're an influencer, but you're not better than them. You just have a position of influence. You still make them feel a certain way, right? I asked this of my kids once. How does it feel to be my child? How does it feel to be have me as your mom? Oh my gosh. They were teenagers, so the answers were hilarious, okay? But that question is very revealing if you do it in a safe space. So if you want to cultivate a higher EQ, I would challenge you to ask whoever is close to you that you can trust to give you an honest answer. And you have to be able to go, okay, I don't know what to do with this. And if they have a high EQ, which means you really naturally are want to be around them and they're very sensitive to your feelings, you feel safe around them, you can pretty much assume they have a higher EQ. Then you can ask them, okay, so I, I am, don't know really how I feel. I think I'm just going to shove this down. So I need you to help me process. <laughs> Asking questions like that is huge. Being willing to be self-aware because low emotional intelligence There is no self-awareness. So this is a great exercise. So as an employer, let me just tell you a little bit about how I process. So I've been into this stuff for years. I've been employer for 29 years. I can see high emotional intelligence a mile away, and I can see low emotional intelligence 10 miles away. And I have hired people with lower emotional intelligence that has had super great skills, but training them to be a person that can relate to other people is so much more difficult than training them in a skill or a trade. I now know over years and years of experience that someone with low EQ who is uncoachable, unteachable, unwilling to learn how to interact with other people, they need to be put on jobs that are task-oriented, meaning they don't deal with people or public. They are behind the scenes. They are cleaning. They are folding clothes. They are stocking a warehouse. Yes, they still have to interact with coworkers, but it's not affecting the first impression of the business. It's not interacting with other people that's going to have a negative effect on the business because someone with low EQ should never be out in the front, ever, ever, ever. 
A low EQ, low emotional intelligence person needs to be in the back office. They are someone that doesn't deal with answering the phone, first impression, no. Greeting in a hotel lobby, no. Concierge, forget about it. The low EQ person is task-oriented. Now, if they have the desire to improve their emotional intelligence, that would be improving their soft skills. And an employee who exhibits desire to improve their soft skills or a romantic partner who exhibits desire to improve soft skills or a friend or a coworker, that person, they want to improve their life. They want to improve their relationships. That person is someone you can work with. There's hope there. And in the next episode, I'm going to be talking about soft skill development and how it elevates your hard skills, your training. So for today, I'm going to leave you with this. Do a little self-evaluation. And if you have a safe person you trust, ask them, how does it feel to experience me as your coworker or as your best friend or as your sister? or as your lover, your partner, whatever, and see what they say. And take these areas that I mentioned and really think about which ones you could work on because we all fail at some point in some of them. But if you have one that's a pattern on repeat, that's the area you can cultivate to make things better. And once you elevate your emotional intelligence, then you have better mental health, remember? you have better relationships, and you start to develop leadership skills. On that note, I'll be back next time. Thank you for listening. As a longtime business owner, brick and mortar business owner and employer, gosh, I can't even say the number out loud sometimes, 29 years, I love the front office. That is my jam. I understand this. I know it inside and out. I know how to train a team. I know who should be in the front and who should not based on all the years of experience. And part of that is I am able to feel the room. I have it. I don't know how I have it. Maybe it was my upbringing. I have no idea, but I know it. I studied it and I understand it more. And that is why this is the first in a two-part series. So if you enjoyed it, hit subscribe so that you get notified next time a new episode is released. And until next time, have a fierce, fit, feminine, and fabulous day.